You know, we serve a God who is a working God. And the first thing he did was create everything. He is a creator. And us being created in his image, we and our children are creators. And today I'm going to talk with Jordan Rayner. He helps us understand the creative juices that flow through us and how we can use them to change the world and to serve God. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. I am so happy to have Jordan Rayner on my show today. Jordan helps Christians respond to the radical biblical truth that their work matters for eternity. It does, doesn't it? And he does this through his best-selling books, The Creator in You, Redeeming Your Time, Master of One, and Called to Create. Also with his podcast, Mere Christians, and a weekly devotional, The Word for Work. Jordan is a sixth-generation Floridian living in Tampa, and his wife and their three young daughters live there with him. (laughs) And he is a proud member of the Church of Odessa. Welcome, Jordan. And also, you know, I'll just throw in there, you have in here too that uh, you served under George W. Bush. I thought that was really cool. That was really fun. It was a good time. Yeah, no, Leanne, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, I have to tell you, your children's book, The Creator in You, is just a unique book that I think is a great topic that no one has touched. And also you're called to create book for adults. And I haven't had time to read that, but I'm looking forward to reading it because, you know, a biblical invitation to create, innovate and risk. I love that. Yeah. This children's book is that book at about 380 words. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the abridged, more beautiful version of that book for grownups. Yeah. So Jordan, is, is there a connection between your two books, Redeeming Your Time and The Creator in You? Yeah, so Redeeming Your Time is my most recent book for adults. It's helping us, as Paul says in Ephesians 5, redeem the time because the days are evil. And there's a direct connection between that book and this children's book, The Creator and You, because The Creator and You is the reason why we care about redeeming our time, right? The last page of The Creator and You says this. It says, because when you work or you make something new, you are doing what God has made you to do. You are showing the world what your father was like a God who creates to bring people to light. And when you show others the creator in you, you bring joy to the world and to your father too. That's why we want to redeem our time. We don't redeem our time to be quote unquote more successful, to earn more income. We do it because when we do our work with excellence and love and beauty and in accordance with God's commands, it shines a light pointing to the great creator, God, our heavenly father. Amen. Amen. And, you know, he created us and he gifted us and it's all for his purpose and his glory. Amen. And when we realize that, we look at the world differently when we walk around and we, you know, engage with people and the work we do, we we look at it differently. It's not from a selfish viewpoint. It's from a selfless viewpoint, right? And at the beginning of the creator in you, you talk about God being a working God. So how can we help our children understand that God is an active God, not just one who creates. And, and in what ways can we motivate our children you know, to have that desire to create and honor God through what they make? Mm, man, that's such a good question. Yeah, I think it's interesting. A lot of times I think we think that God stopped his work of creation 
after those first six days. And number one, as I point out in the book, the sixth day wasn't the end of creation. It was just the beginning. It's simply when God passed the baton to his image bearers and say, pick up where I left off and go fill this earth for my glory and, and for, for the good of others, right? But, but not only does God continue to work through people, Jesus says that the father himself continues to work. John 5, 17, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. And then we get to Revelation 21 and 22. Revelation 21, Jesus says, look, I am making all things new. Jesus is going to be working for all eternity alongside us on the new earth because it is in God's very nature to create and to work and make more of the world. So how do we get our kids to understand this? How do we get our kids to see that work isn't about them and their glory and fame and fortune, but God's glory? We got to start with showing them a God who works and creates. I say in the book, the very first pages, in the very beginning, a long time ago, God created the world so that we would all know that he himself is a working God, even though you might think that sounds just a little bit odd. And it does sound odd to our kids that God works because we never, ever talk about it, even though the writers of scripture talk incessantly about the fact that Christianity alone worships a God who works. And that has dramatic ramifications for how our kids will think about the dignity and the goodness of work, and more importantly, the purpose of work. Not primarily for my happiness, not primarily for my glory, but as a means of reflecting the character of my creator. Jordan, that's really good. I love that. That is so important. And it brings us joy when we know we're doing something that's beyond just for ourselves also, but not only for God, right? But for his, yeah. his creation. Totally, totally. You know, one of the implicit messages of the creator in you is that work existed before sin. And people probably don't realize that. They don't think of that. At least I usually don't. But it existed before sin. And the work was a form of perfect worship. Yet, you know, many adults, they hate their jobs, right? You hear it all the time. Oh, I hate going to work. I hate what I'm doing. And kids, they hate homework and they hate doing chores. And so what scripture, I should say, holds for those who are lazy or hate work? Yeah, this is such a problem. I think a lot of times we believe that work and homework and chores and productivity is the curse. It's not. It is cursed, but it itself is not the curse. Read Genesis 1 through 3. And the promise of scripture that gives us hope for those who hate their jobs or just don't find a lot of meaning in them is that one day work will be perfect worship once again. It has to be. If work existed prior to the fall and sin cursed work, we know that God will redeem it because Jesus said he's going to make all things new. We think of salvation and redemption in such hyper-individualistic terms that we can forget this. Tim Keller said, quote, the gospel is not just a wonderful plan for my life. It's a wonderful plan for the world. And that includes the world of work. And the prophet Isaiah, by the way, says this explicitly in one of my favorite passages of scripture, one of, in my experience, the least preached about passages of scripture, Isaiah 65, 21 through 23, Isaiah says this, God's people will build houses and dwell in them. This is talking about the new earth. Right. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them. 
or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain. Oh, hear that, people. Everybody who's listening who hates their job, don't worry. (laughs) Don't. And listen, that doesn't give us a ton of relief in the present. I get that. But here's the deal. Paul told Paul was writing to slaves in Colossians 3 when he says, even you do your work heartily as unto the Lord, knowing that there's a reward in store for you. We got to be faithful in the present and we can look expectantly with great hope knowing that there is coming a day where your job on the new earth is going to be the exact match of your gifts, of your passions, all to the glory of God. And you are going to long enjoy the work of your hands working next to King Jesus for his glory. Amen. And you know, it's so much fun when you're doing something that you truly love and you truly enjoy. And and God says, he's going to say, well done, faithful servant. Come on. I'm I'm going to give you so much more to do. You're going to be so happy. You know, people have this thought, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to be flying around. I'm not going to be doing anything. Or what am I going to be doing? (laughs) A lot. A lot. Well, spoiler alert, this is a couple years away, Lord willing, but this is the next children's book I'm working on. You know, the creator in you is helping to debunk some bad theology around Genesis 1 and 2, helping us see that the sixth day wasn't the end, but the beginning of creation. The next book, Lord willing is going to be on Revelation 21 and 22, helping kids see that even that, the heaven coming to earth is just the beginning. I just wrote this line the other day. So don't let anyone tell you heaven is boring. It is hope for us reigning, creating, and exploring, not just for our joy and surely not for our glory, but as acts of worship to the one who is worthy. That's the promise of Revelation 22.5. We are going to reign forever and ever on this earth. And that makes perfect sense when you understand the context of Genesis 1 and 2, because this is what we were always made to do. We were made to create and fill this world and rule it and govern it under the law of God. It's what we were made to do in the beginning. It's what we're going to be doing for all eternity on behalf of King Jesus. Amen, Jordan. I love that, you know, because that's the hope of Jeremiah 29, 11, yep. the hope I have for you. It's for our future. We hope for things we don't see. Yes. You know, kids love talking about what they want to be when they grow up. My kids yeah. loved it. Of course, my kids, you know, wanted to be a teacher, you know, and then she wanted to be something else. And then my son wanted to be one thing. And then the next week he was another thing. But how do you think the creator in you will shape their answers to that question? Yeah, I, I, my prayer is that it vastly expands the horizons of the type of work that can honor God, right? The book is basically a three-act drama in three minutes, as you know, Leanne, right? Act one, we watch God working. Act two, he passes the baton to us on the sixth day. And then act three is kind of this call to arms for kids young and as they grow older to create. And it ends with these stanzas. It says, create new businesses and movies, medicine and hope. Obviously, when they're older, make <laughs> laws or computers or a new telescope, right? It's, tr- it's trying to give kids lots of different glimpses of what it looks like to create in the image of our creator. And part of the reason for doing this is I, I really wholeheartedly believe that it is only going to be by re-embracing the first commission, this call to create, that our kids are going to be the most successful at the great commission in this next generation, right? 
our kids are going to grow up with the largest number of kids on record who have no religious affiliation whatsoever. Oh, that's so sad. It's so sad, but the data is crystal clear. Right. These kids that our kids are going to go to high school with and college with and in the workforce with, their friends are not more than likely, God can do whatever he wants, but based on what we know today, more than likely are not walking into a church to learn about Jesus for the first time. So where are they going to learn about Jesus? They're going to see the face of the one true God in film, in culture, in novels that plant seeds of longing for redemption in people's hearts. They're going to do it by working alongside faithful ambassadors of Jesus in corporate America. It's going to be by re-embracing the first commission to create that we are going to be the most effective at making disciples. And it's part of the reason why I think it's so important to expand the horizon for our kids of what work is the Lord's work, quote unquote, in the world. And I'm trying to plant that seed super early with this book. I, I love it. I think you have just hit it on the head. You've done an excellent job in this book. I hope parents will go out and get the creator in you. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Jordan? I know our, our time here is short because my podcast is only about 10 to 15 minutes. We keep it short and to the point for parents. It's my and... favorite length of a podcast. <laughs> I love it. No, I think I've said it all, but here's the deal. I would say this. Hopefully you've picked up on this by now. This book, I wrote this book as much for you as I did for your kids. Yes. We wanted it, I was saying this before we start recording, we wanted this to be like a Pixar movie that brought joy to your five-year-old but brought tears to you as a 35, 45, 55-year-old, right? Because this is a message we don't hear as grownups in our churches that before God told us he is love or holy or omnipotent, he told us that he is a God who creates. And so embrace whatever you're doing to create family, create disciples, create music and art and businesses all to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. And this is how we all work together, right? To raise strong Christian kids. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.